You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad Bod Golf Pod, episode number four. We're still kicking. It's- hey, by the way, I know you said we were talking about this at the end. Go ahead and throw it out there at the beginning, too, about the rating system. Okay. He's giving us a five-star and all that kind of stuff. You guys need to make sure when you listen to these things, give us a five-star. We'd appreciate it. Give us comments. Give us all the information and feedback you need, because guess what? We're not going to call you out, but we are going to read them, especially if they're hilarious. The funnier, the higher your odds of getting read out, out Be loud. creative. Uh, I have had friends that have texted me creative stuff. I'd rather you put it on the review, because that'd be awesome to see. Uh, so put it on the review. Be creative. We'll talk about this at the end as well uh, whenever we uh, start to wrap up here. So, uh, yeah, man, episode four, we're still kicking it, still loving it, still still always stroking, still stroking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so as uh, as the temperatures around around the country are rising, uh, so are tempers, apparently, yes. apparently. So uh, there's a pretty awesome story, and there's a lot to unpack here. But <laughs> so there was a, uh, a Monday morning qualifier uh, for a corn ferry event recently. It was actually this this past Monday. This is the best part about this. This is a hackers doing this. This is like a for this real. Is pros. This is yeah. These are pros. This is a for real deal that happened. This is not your your Thursday night men's league three, this is, this three is man the, scramble that that they've been in. They've just completely skipped past the beer and they've gone into the jack or the vodka or something like that. This is these guys are these are sober as saints qualifying trying to trying to make it on tour with an eight ten a.m. tea time. <laughs> so. There was no opportunity. I like this is like this is how you start your morning. Yes. So, so in Newton, Kansas, at Sand Creek Station Golf Club, there's a uh, corn ferry Monday corn ferry tour event with a Monday qualifier, mm-hmm. and uh, there's three guys that go off. Um, one is uh, two of them are pros, and one of them's a college guy just trying to um, mm-hmm. get out there and make it make it make it happen, and uh, they just start brawling. They get seven <laughs> holes in. They start brawling. Cops are called. Arrests are made. Did they, they? What led to all this? Okay, so this is the this is the story. Okay, so this had to be something from the night before. No, it's it's not. This is, I, I and I and I get I get both sides to this. Okay, okay, I get both sides to this. All right, so um, one of the things that they preach on these tours is speed of play. Oh okay? yeah, got to go, got to go. And one thing they typically do is they they try to help each other find their balls things like that, and uh, to just kind of help speed the things up. Well, the the college guy, his name's Luke Smith. He plays at Tennessee Martin. Apparently, he and his dad, his dad was his caddy. So mm-hmm. we got a dad bod caddy. Uh, here we go. He was, they were not into helping, helping find balls. They were, they were totally focused on their game yeah. and could care less about yeah. anybody so, else. All right. So Austin, Austin Daly and Derek Fribbs, those were the two, the two journeyman corn fairy right. pros trying to make it happen. I guess they were spraying it all over the place because uh, they're looking for balls, and and Luke and his dad have no no <laughs> desire, no, no interest in walking no over there, no interest whatsoever. Yeah. So this is the funny thing: is they only get to the seventh hole, okay, and it's a par three, and uh, they had been told, you know, you got to pick it up, you got to pick it up. Well, they one of the guys hit misses the green. So they're going, it's a part three. They're going to look for it. And once again, Luke and his dad are just not into it, not yeah. into it. And uh, 
after they finish, uh, I think uh, it was, let me see who it was. It was, I think it was either Fribs or Daly. One of them pops off and says something like, hey, we would pick up speed of play if you guys would help us, you know, find balls. We'd be able to pick it up. Well, the dad says that we're not here. uh, We're not here to look for balls. In other words. (laughs) We're here. Wow. We're here to make a tournament. We're not here to help you find your balls. Yeah. Well, that um, that that did not sit well. <laughs> that did not sit well. Yeah, it's kind of a, as bad as it sounds. It is kind of a. I mean, I know they have the disagreements players do, but it's kind of a brotherhood out there. I mean, it's an elite fraternity. Everybody's trying to make it, especially at this level. You don't get a lot of redneck golfers that are. These aren't the folks that are at your local muni. Right. I mean, right. these are. These are guys that are trying to be pros. Right. Here's my thing, though. I'm going I'm to be kind of on the side of the Smiths a little bit. Luke and, and Oliver, his dad. All right, so when you're playing with a group and they're playing bad, nothing is their fault except for things that you're doing or things about the course or things that are, that are going on. So, you know, we're going to blame – me, I'm going to blame spraying the ball all over the place. I'm having to go into the woods and the, into the junk looking for my ball. I'm going to blame it on you yeah, because you're not coming to help me find the ball. So, you know, I kind of get that from, from, the, from that aspect. Here's another thing. We're only seven holes into this thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of looking for balls in a short amount of time. Yeah. I can imagine if I'm – you know, trying to make it and I'm playing with some dudes that are that are struggling and they're spraying it all over the place and they're slowing me down, I can kind of see how that could be pretty frustrating. I'd be a little more creative probably in my tact of telling them this. Yeah. I mean if they if they are looking for that many balls, they probably I don't I don't know. I hadn't seen their scores, but at this point they're <laughs> probably four or five over at this point. You know, and if I'm playing well through seven holes and these guys are four, five, six, seven over, maybe seven over if they hadn't looked for that man. I mean, they probably had a double or two and then a bogey here or there, maybe a few pars. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, bro, you're seven over. I'm not helping you look for balls. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, just, you know, I wouldn't have said, I'm not here to look for balls. I would, I would have been a little more tactful about it, but I'd have kind of been joking about it, but it sounds like it went over like a lead balloon yeah, and conversation. The, and the dad said something that they basically said, you know, if you weren't playing so bad, we wouldn't be looking for so many balls. <laughs> exactly. Well, Daly kind of just took a deep breath and he said, okay, whatever. He turns his back and walks off. And I think he may have popped off one more time and Luke jumped him. Oh, Luke jumps him and uh, <laughs> jumps the dad. No, jumps the son. Jumps, so, oh, great! No, Luke is the son. Luke, Luke is the son. Luke jumped daily, and they start they start brawling, and uh, then the other playing partner was already on the tee box. So like he was so fed up, he just putted and he just walked to the next tee yeah. box. He was mad at him. Well, he comes running. Well, the dad basically like waves a putter at him. And was like, nope, let him basically let him go. Let him go. So. Sounded like Luke may have had the upper hand there for a while, <laughs> but uh, the the cart mart, the marshals, and everyone come come clear the course. Oh man! They take the dude back to the clubhouse, and Luke actually gets arrested. They cuff him. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not so shocked. I mean, yeah, they cuffed him and took him to jail. And since then, it's an event, yeah, and then uh, so 
an actual another marshal came and Fribs was the guy that was like off mm-hmm. on the tee box and he came running and tried to break up the fight. Another marshal came and got with him and they played together and finished around. So, so those two, so look, they had a WD. Yeah, they're fighting. Done. They're done. Yeah. Is that in the rules, man? I've never looked at tournament rules. Is there, are they going to put that in the rules for the open this weekend with Bryson and Brooks? Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> This is a good trial run. Now we got we got a case study. Yeah, we, <laughs> we this is what happens. On, yeah. I don't know that they would ever, you know, the professional, the pros, the PGA Tour players, I don't know they'd ever get into a fight. But you have seen the cold shoulder. You've seen. Sure. I love to see video. Bubba gets heated. I mean, he yells at his own caddy. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen when a, that, that, that thing that he had, that exchange he had with the South African, I've forgotten his name, um, who's notorious for slow play. And apparently every time Bubba got ready to hit, he was wearing like bright white pants that day. So he would walk and Bubba would see him like out of the corner of the eye. Yeah. And like at one point in time, Bubba hit a bad shot. And he just basically said, every time, like that. Yeah. And then, of course, the player looked over and he goes, you are moving every time I'm trying to hit the ball. Oh, there you go. Like, there can you, you not sit still? It's everybody's fault. Yes. It's everybody's fault around you. Well, now, Jack Nicklaus said he never hit a bad shot. It was always somebody else's oh, fault. Yeah. He still says that. Yeah. He said, I've never hit a bad shot. Every shot has been perfect. It's always somebody else's fault. Some Something or somebody else's fault. So I get it on both sides. So on one hand, like Luke, Oliver, just do the old, oh, you know, casually stick, pick your head over in the woods and say, Huh, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. I think I, I can't find it. Even if you're not like really looking, just like you know, just kind of go over there and just like, pretend. Look, go through the motions. Like, it just, you know, an A for effort. Just walk over there, take a look. Oh man, I don't see it. It, it does you know. it does speed things up and it's just genuinely like a halfway nice thing to do. Well it's supposed to be a gentleman's <laughs> yeah. game. So you're it's supposed kinda, to somewhat Yeah, just it, it still makes me wonder if they've got some sort of history. It's hard for me to believe in seven holes that they snap like that. Yeah, I I don't know the history. Uh, like I said, these two these two guys were were on they they play on the Corn Ferry often. And Luke Smith, he's actually a college student, so yeah. I don't know if it was more of a you know an arrogant hot shot uh, <laughs> college guy that they already kind of deemed that they weren't going to like, and they were just looking for reasons not to like him or what. But we should have brought this up with Mike on the last podcast. I mean, he's not too far, too long out of college. If he ever got heated in college like that, college golfers are, uh, they do have some hot heads. Sure. Um, they're still young. They're still kind of learning. Yes. How to uh, control their emotions. And how about you, you got, you, you've been in fighting nah, fight mode before. I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm a very peaceful guy. You know, <laughs> I know I said that I got heated the last uh, this past weekend but that's pretty much yeah. as far as i'll go that's pretty much as far as i'm gonna go slow play will get me um people not respecting you will get me i'm not a i'm not a rabbit ear rabbit ear guy i'm not somebody that like noises don't bother me um we've always got music playing whenever we're we're playing so uh if somebody's talking i will i'm a very fast player like i yeah. don't take practice swings I basically walk up and I and I hit it at same way with putting. I don't take putting practice swings. I have guys tell me all the time, "Oh, they'll apologize," and I'm like, "I'd rather you just keep talking. Like, don't apologize. Like, I, don't stop while I'm. I, you're just background noise at this point. Like, don't worry about bothering me. I'm I'm gonna hit whether you're talking or you're not talking. I don't care. Right. Uh, so, but when people hitting into you, 
That's probably the maddest I've ever been. Uh, I, we talked about on the last pod. I got upset because I ended up like double, double, bogey, double after basically birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie. Right. And uh, you bookended it. Yeah, I totally bookended the it. The racers. It, it was because the you know the guy called the clubhouse on my. So that's probably one of my heated moments. The other one though is kind of situation that you've discussed being in where it was all backed up and people are constantly hitting into us. And I'm like, bro, you can see us down. Like, that's enough, man. There's nowhere for me to go. Like, there's, I can't go any, I'm standing here waiting to hit my shot. And and the thing is, is you can hear them yelling at us. I don't know if they were drunk or what. Um, But that got to the point. Now, the good news is, two of the guys I play with, one's about 6'4", 280. Oh, yeah. And another guy is 6'3", probably 260. So they were down, and they hit it further than me. So they're down at their ball, and after they saw me get heated, like the 6'4", 280 guy drives back up and has a few words. Yeah. We didn't have an issue. See, that's a day. perfect time, though, for you to be able to – you you send the, the shots. <laughs> that's when I'm confident, when my big when my big friends are playing with me. Yes. Oh, I'll get – Well, now I did – now that was one of the things – that's when they realized how ticked I was because they hit into us. And it like landed, but say it wasn't one of those things that it rolled up on me. It like landed, but it could have hit me. Right. And so I walked down to the ball and I turned around and I hit it right back at him. <laughs> <laughs> a little warning shot. Yeah, a little warning shot. I'm like, I know where, and I know it didn't get to him because, of course, but, you know, good luck finding your ball and, and realizing where it's supposed to be. Like, right. hit another one, jerk. Yeah. And uh, I've done that. And when people have hit into me, if they hit, in, hit into me once, I'm fi- if it's a blind area, I'm not ever going to say anything because they can't. I've done that too. I mean, you just apologize. When they've hit into me two or three times and they haven't apologized and they can clearly see I can't go anywhere, yeah, you're either getting it back, hit back at you, yeah, or your ball's going in my pocket if it's a nice one, or <laughs> it's going in the water. If if there's water anywhere near, I'm going to pick it up. and I'm going to toss it in the water for you. Don't hit a don't hit a pro v no into us. Dude, yeah, that that is my. If you hit a pro v into me, disappear. The the first time you do it again, you get to keep your ball. I get it. It's you know. The second time you do it, if you can clearly see we're not going anywhere, your ball's either going to me if it's a nice ball, or if you're if you're hitting rock flights, I am. It's going in the water in a heartbeat. <laughs> you're, you better reload, bud, because it ain't gonna be there when you get down there. Well, let me ask you this, Ben: Have you ever been so mad that you would break a golf club and stab a man in a leg with it? No. Now I have seen a video where a guy broke a golf club and stabbed his own leg. Just because he was being stupid, like when it snapped, he yeah. like accidentally stabbed himself in the leg. But I have not done that. So after our round Saturday, or after the round, the story I told you, a couple of friends of mine said we we dodged a bullet. This could have happened Saturday, Uh-oh. and it was a it was a clip from a story that happened in 2012. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the the opening line of the thing, I mean, this is not funny, but it's it's. It's kind of funny at the same time, but it says a 48-year-old Texas man may lose his right leg after an argument on a golf course. And basically what happens is there's a foursome and a threesome. What in the world's going on in the West of Midwest? Kansas, Texas? We Texas, got spikes. We got, we got people getting <laughs> stabbed on the course. Now, this was like 10 years ago, but it's still, it's still relevant. It's hilarious. Uh, so there's a foursome and a threesome, and the threesome wants to play through. And the foursome apparently does not want to let them play through. <laughs> so uh, the th- we've all been there. Yeah, we've been there. So the threesome goes up and says, "Hey, the clubhouse said to tell you to let us through." Oh, so so they were that guy. They called. The they clubhouse. called the even clubhouse. if they didn't call them just to just to make that up. 
Yeah. You're still yeah. that guy. Yeah. So we don't know if like the foursome called and verified it. We don't we don't really know, but apparently <laughs> verified that, their handicap like it's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, they did not they did not take very kindly to that and kind of started off verbally and uh two guys get into fisticuffs on the course. And what's crazy is another guy in the foursome comes like out of the you know, comes out of the darkness. Yeah with a broken golf shaft and stabs the dude in the leg. So it wasn't even the two guys fighting. It was like a third third party comes in and jabs the guy in the leg. I'm sure no alcohol was involved in this. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you'll bleed. Yes. Yeah, you'll bleed if you're if you're if you're drinking. And the same thing and another thing is it says it hit his one of his arteries in his legs. So this dude was in a you know, he was in a bind and they call, they called 911 and said he fell on a golf club. So I wonder how far that went. Is that, is that the brotherhood we're talking about of golfers? Like, all right, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I was going to fight you. I didn't mean to put you in the hospital. Now he may lose his leg. Yeah. I didn't mean to stab you with a shaft that I broke to turn into a spear and jab you in the leg. I don't know where this happened. This happened this past year and it, it went viral on Twitter. Uh, that you were talking about how you ended up, you know, y'all were playing so slow. There were seven of you at one point in time standing on the hole. Y'all decided just to play together until. Somebody again, quit calling the clubhouse, y'all. Yeah. Like, just don't do that. Don't be that guy. Um, So, anyway, there was like eight guys playing together. And this was a raw video, not from any of their friends. It was people, I guess, sitting out on like the (laughs) deck, like on the balcony or something, eating lunch. Uh, I don't even know if it was man or woman that filmed it. I mean, they just happened to be at the club and it it looked like a fairly nice course. Now, the guys were not dressed super nice. So, I'm assuming that. It was not a nice course, or they were on resort golf and they just didn't care. They were our people, basically. They were, yeah. And so (laughs) you see two guys talking, and then all of a sudden, all eight of them are just rolling on 18. And I don't know if this was a money discussion because it started after the guy putted out. He immediately, you see how like openly flamboyant he is, like throwing his arms around and. You know, you can't hear anything. It's a silent video because yeah. she's so far away. So far He's away. so far away shooting it. You can't hear anything. You just see all these movements. Next thing you know, punches are being thrown. One guy goes and grabs a flag out of the hole and starts whipping another guy with it while he's on the fly while he's on the ground. And I'm sitting there going, "What did what got?" It's him? a royal rumble. This is this the- is either a drinking issue, a gambling issue, or a cheating issue. That's yeah. the only three things that would have caused that, all eight guys to be going at it. Oh yeah. So, and I've never been to that. I've never been that heated. I've never been that mad where I really want to fight somebody on a golf course. No, I, I, like I said, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty peaceful guy. If you yeah. do, if you just, if you just act fairly decent yeah. and you don't like, if we're in just like a regular round and you're like 10 over and you're not like audibly fist pumping and yelling when you make a birdie, <laughs> like I don't. You don't bother. You don't we have bother a, me. we have a saying when people do that when you hear them like behind because you you know you see guys behind you and guys in front of you you see how they spray it yeah and then you hear all of a sudden about every four holes you hear somebody just Ooh. scream you're like good bogey <laughs> like that'll be our yeah. thing like we're like good bogey we'll scream it at them yeah we probably shouldn't do that it probably upsets people too but you just you know that they're putting up triple digits yeah and they're up there celebrating and high fiving and if you're in a tournament. That's one thing. Like you can get emotional in those yes. things. You can fist pump. Yeah, I just bombed one. But if we're just like if it's just like a Saturday foursome <laughs> and we're like on the third or fourth hole and you bogeyed the first three and then you birdie the fourth one. Yes. Like just 
walk it to the hole and, and be done with it. If you're, if you're fist pump, audibly hollering over that, yes. I, that'll kind of perturb me a little bit. I, won't, I probably won't say anything. Well, but. guys that are playing good, they don't do it. And I usually, no. if it's in my group, because I got some fairly decent golfers in my group, we almost treat it like a, when they're playing real well, almost like a no-hitter. Like, I don't mess with them. Yeah. Uh, we had one guy, he ended up, uh, this was this was a few months ago, um, we were at it, Robert Trent, and he he had four birdies in a row. And you know he makes the first one, and we make because we got we have a little we have a little side game. Everybody's got a hundred dollars in the pool, and we are keeping up with birdies each round. How many bir- total birdies we have at the, for the entire year of twenty twenty one? At the end of the year, December thirty first, if we don't play on thirty first, come January one, the person who has the most birdies gets the pool. Yeah, out of all of us guys, which is getting on up there. Like and and so. You know, he made his first one, you know, and he's like grinning from ear to ear because he's like, all right, so now I'm gaining. He's already the leader in the clubhouse right now with the total birdies on the year. He makes the second one. He makes the third one. At this point, I want to jinx him, but I don't because he's kind of in the zone. (laughs) Yeah. And then he makes the fourth one, and then he lift out the fifth one. Yeah. And finally, we started talking to him again. I was like, man, this is getting ridiculous. (laughs) Like, he... He was he's he on was, the train. Yeah, he was on the train. And it's, you know, you hear about guys getting on the bogey train. Not many guys get on the birdie train. Uh, yeah. Especially, you see pros do it, but amateur golfers, you don't hear about very many amateur golfers have four birdies in a row. No. And so, um, I mean, it's, you know, there's that stat that's floating around there that, you know, the difference in birdies from the guy that shoots uh, 90 to 95 and the guy that shoots between 75 and 80, the guy that shoots 90 to 95 only has one less birdie. One less birdie, yeah. Than the guy that's shooting in the 70s. Yep. So when a guy has four in a row. That's a big deal. Even though there's money on the line at the end of the year, yeah. I don't want to mess. Because if I'm in that zone, I don't want anybody messing me up. Right. So we didn't want to mess with him. But after he lipped out his fifth, which would have been five in a row. We finally started just giving him hell. We we had, I mean, yeah. We we after that, every time he stepped up, we were making noise. We were trying to get. I mean, we wanted some doubles out of him after that. So, <laughs> uh, which is you know, if you guys do that, that's a good little game to do. Good, good way to make you concentrate. The bad part is, is now it gets to the point where if we're not going to birdie, we just basically have given up on the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like doubles in the pocket. We're not taking up too much time. So, yeah. um, it's. It's it's a fun little game, but yeah, it's I've never been so heated. I've been willing to fight somebody. Yeah. On the so for me, if you if you want friendship with me on the golf course, yeah. don't audibly fist pump and yell <laughs> on birdies in a regular game. No. And then don't be golf lesson guy. Don't be golf lesson guy. And well, the fit, unless I the, unless I ask you. Yes. Because I'll play with some guys. I'll, I'll play with some better golfers than me. And sometimes I'll be like, you know, what did I do? That What do you think I did there? Or this, that, and the other. But if we're just playing around and, hey, it looked like you dropped your shoulder. Yeah, that like, doesn't. Like, just stop. Just you're wasting words. It, we, <laughs> I'm and the guys, I'm, the guys I play with, I've been playing with for years. Yeah. And we're still that way. Like, unless one of us ask the other. Yeah. Don't like, do I can't figure it out today, man. I don't know what's going on. And then one of them may say, you know, you're dropping your back shoulder too much, which watch you're catching it heavy. I mean, look at where you're lined up. You're in the trees every time you stand over the ball. You're lining up towards it. Like, I get that. Like, once I ask, it's fine. But don't be a golf lesson guy. Also, the fist pumping thing, if you're going to be a birdie guy and a fist pump guy, you definitely don't do that when, like, you're playing in a foursome and two out of the four have doubled. Don't rub the birdie in their face. Just take yeah. your birdie and go on back to the cart. 
Yep. Because those guys are ready to go pound beers. They're they they just double three in a row. They're done. <laughs> They're done. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah that that's the most heated uh, on course moment. I, again, I've never won to fight, but that's kind of so. That's, hey, that's hilarious that we've seen two fights in the last. Well, that Texas one was a couple of years ago, but the other the other one, the fight. I can't believe it's a mini tour event. I, I get that if that's it. Your your local muni that's twenty dollars to guest, play. Yeah. yeah, the member guests or the or the local muni that's twenty dollars to play. Yeah, uh, and and the greens are like putting on shag carpet. I, I get those fights. Yeah. The jean the jean shorts and tank top guys. I got that. <laughs> um, you know, a, a qualifier. I don't get that. So hey, temperatures are rising a little bit. Yes. Let's just let's just chill it down a little bit. Let's just chill out, have fun. It's. A day of playing golf is better than oh, a day better, of not playing golf. Better than work, for sure. Yeah, so switching gears a little bit. Yep. Uh, there is a fairly big tournament this weekend. It's really? called it's called the uh, the United States Open. Yes. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. It's one of the four majors. So I uh, thought it would be fun to kind of uh, dive into that a little bit and have put our, put our golf acumen on the line, mm-hmm. let you guys rip us, agree with us, whatever, keep track of some of the stuff that we pick. But we're gonna pick a uh, our favorite, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna pick a dark horse, which will be someone that's like fifty to one or higher on the betting odds. Yes. So yeah, that was the that, that by, when you guys are wondering how we come up with the dark horse, that was the qualifications he he put when we sat down. Is it's got to be at minimum fifty to one. Uh, you, anybody, you know, anybody thirty to one or forty, like it, you can't pick them. They're gonna be considered a quote favorite. So the dark horse qualifications were fifty to one or better. So. Um, my winner I've got for this week is Morikawa. Okay. I think he's playing hot golf. He's, he's a, he's, he's sneaky long. Uh, I think you gotta be a long hitter at Torrey and, um, just from the, they've even, I didn't realize this. They've actually lengthened it a little bit, um, as far as the open is concerned. So not only are they having to deal with your typical rough and your typical uh, firm greens, which David Duvall said, uh, he has played it in these conditions before, and he said it's hard to believe that they can make these things as hard as a tabletop. He yeah. said, but they will. He said they'll be able to do it, uh, especially by Sunday. He said Sunday, he said, we may see some balls put off the green. Oh, yeah. And so, um, wait. And so I'm going with, with Murakawa. He's, he's playing good, decent golf right now. You got to go into the majors being able to kind of, you know, control your ball. I still, I'm still upset, as you heard in one of our pods before, that – he wasn't allowed to lift clean in place after splitting the fairway on the playoff hole, and I think it ended up costing him because he had a big clump of mud on the ball and came up way short, which is what caused it. Uh, and so um, he's my he's my winner, my dark horse. Man, I've really I, I'm going between three here. Okay, I got to go. You know, the obvious is going to be Phil because he has oh, one, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and it's it's hard to believe that That's he, the heart pick. That's the heart That pick. is. That's the heart pick. I can't go with the heart pick because <laughs> I'm not going to be the only one that wants Phil. So, and 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 I looked at Gary Woodland, but he ain't playing real good right now. No. So, my dark horse is Daniel Berger. Not that he's playing like great, but he's Scrappy. He's a he's a 60 to 1. Uh he's he's sneaky long as well. He does play decent in the majors. So that's my that's my dark horse is Daniel Berger. Uh, I'd love to see him win. I mean, I like the guy uh, just from the interviews that he does and the way he handles himself. And he's one of those young guys, but since he has a receding hairline, everybody thinks he's older than he is. Uh, but um, he's one of those young guys that hangs out with the Jordan Spieths and the and the JTs and 
So he's kind of in that club, in that group. He didn't go on the spring breaks with them, but he still is in that club and in that group. Um, he plays well out west for some reason. I don't know why. He does well at Pebble. He does well at, at Torrey. Uh, he he does well anytime they're on the West Coast. He does he does well in L.A. when they when they play there. Um, so Daniel Berger's my dark horse. Um, watch him not make the cut now. I'm like a complete idiot. But he, he jinxed he, him. No. <laughs> I, I jinxed him. He oh, we're gonna me. put it out there. We're gonna put it out there. We're gonna take, make record of it. So just uh, just be on the lookout for that. So. Now and those are gonna those are two Americans. And I've got some. I've got some friends. I got a Swedish friend that he gets upset with me every year because for the Open and for the Masters, I always pick an American because we're in a little betting pool. Yeah. And he's like, "All you ever do is pick Americans." And I'm like, "But I don't when the British Open comes up." Yeah. So I said, "It's it's twofold. So don't be upset with me." Yeah. But I I like to see the Americans win the Masters in the U.S. Open. Sure. And so and then I I I love to see the because the Euros they take man they love the British Open. Yeah. That is their tournament. Sure. Uh, even though it's. You know, everybody else likes it too because you get and the, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and the Ryder Cup, and <laughs> and the right and because I I'm not an Ian Poulter fan at all. I am off the course, but on the course of but in the Ryder Cup, if you're a European, how can you not pull for that? He's guy? unbeatable. He, he you got to pull for it. His his passion is fire. Same with Sergio. Shell Houston Open Ryder Cup. You don't want any of Ian Poulter. No, you don't want any of Ian Poulter. I mean, he's just – because they were talking about even this next Ryder Cup coming up, would he make the team because he's not playing one? It's like, how can you not take yeah, him? Yeah, you got to take him. He's an American killer in the Ryder Cup. So right. you got you got to have him. So, uh, so yeah, I took two Americans. I took Colin and Morikawa, who did well up in Ohio. Uh, did not play last week. Uh, took the week off. So he's been practicing. So he's been on the course. So he's seen sure. the conditions. Uh, so he's my winner. And then Daniel Berger's my dark course and. I'm sorry, Daniel, if I jinx you. Let's hope you finish in the top ten, man. I, I I want you to make the cut and do, and at least be in the top ten, so I can prove to Kyle that I can pick a dark horse. I <laughs> love it, <laughs> love it. So I'm going with the hometown kid. I figure if I keep if I keep picking this guy, uh, if I keep picking this guy, he's eventually going to win a major. Okay. So if I keep picking him, I'm going to be right <laughs> at some point in time. But I'm going with Xander Shoffley. Uh, he's playing really good. He finished second at the Farmers uh, T-second earlier in the year. So he's definitely had success on that course, mm-hmm. even though it's going to be a, a, a good amount of different. It's yeah, going to be fairly different. He's played that course so often, he, I think he can adjust. Sure. Uh, just for him him being out there, and like you said, hometown guy. I mean, that's the same thing with Phil. I mean, going in, he's going to play well here, I think. Now, right. he's been making his tour, so I don't know that you know that may have affected him, but – um, showing off his trophy, which good for him. Sure, he's got he's had six top tens this year. Um, he's had he's seventh in the FedEx Cup, mm-hmm. so he's playing good golf. He's from actual. I mean, he's actually from La Jolla, so he's like mm-hmm. from that's his like home course. It is. So I'm pulling for Xander. I think he is. Let's see, he is eighteen to one. So that's pretty. That's pretty. That's that's some pretty good value yeah. right there. Um, no, I like the pick. If yeah. he just if he puts well, sure, sure. Um, he's gone to the arm lock to troll the USGA because yeah. he also said that they should ar- outlaw the arm lock. But um, <laughs> and everybody at, they they gave him flack for it because they said, how can you tell them that they need to outlaw it and then you use it? And he goes, well, that's the thing; it's an advantage. It works. I'm, yeah, it works. I'm going to use. That's why I'm using it. Exactly. And, you know, it's the whole. You know, like we talked about last time, leaving the leaving the pin in or out, and you know, some players say it's a distinct advantage, and then some say it's not. But the ones that think it's an advantage, they leave it in, and they exactly. say, "Why'd you leave it in? Because it helps." Right. So that's why he's doing it. Yep, it's working. Or just got to get it. Got to get it rolling. And um, 
Duval you, earlier in the week also said the same thing. He said that Xander was was uh, trolling the USGA and the sure. PGA Tour for. Uh, so that's why he went to. But he's he is putting well with it. He's putting better with it. I'm a troll at heart, so uh, I like that. He did say the same thing that Mike said, though. He says he has trouble with his longer putts. Yeah, with you know. Of course, everybody has trouble feels with like forty he's footers. Hit it fat, yeah. He feels like he's going to hit it fat because it's so mm-hmm. steep. You're so steep because it's on your. Wait, you got loft on it, so they're right. afraid. Like they want to, they don't want to, they don't want to lift the ball up and hop it up there, right? Because uh, they, you know, when you do the arm lock, they got to put what is it, six or seven degree loft on it. They have to because you have you you have to press it so forward on yep. that on that front arm that you could either uh, you could either scoop it or if you don't do it right you could scoop it or you could fat it so exactly your, when you're really trying to get after it on those longer putts you can you and know, that's what Mike Johnson said he said that's he's worried about scooping it and catching it fat right because he's he's played with it but he said when you're so far away and you have to take such a big swing at it it just does not feel comfortable and you can't have two putter you can't have a long no. <laughs> you can't have a a short putt putter and a long putt putter which would be funny if you did i guess you i guess you could you could cuz phil did the whole two drivers that one year which true. was the stupidest thing Stupid. i've ever seen that's that's overthinking yeah he had a he had a fade driver and a draw driver i'm like bro what are you doing and yeah, it, it eliminated he eliminated his three wood that year and, yeah. and did that instead it, so it did not work out no so my my um underdog or dark horse pick is the best hair in golf right now is Cameron Smith. Best hair and best fisherman in golf. Aussie Cameron Smith. I've been a fan of this guy for a long time. Uh, It seems like he's always in like the running to win the masters. Yes. He just, he's always there majors. He just always kinds of always, always hangs around. He finished second this year in the masters fourth at the Genesis. So that's LA golf. So he's, you know, California golf. He's had success out there. He uh, he won the the team get the team event at Zur- at the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. Uh, he's playing good golf. He's eleventh in the FedEx Cup, so mm-hmm. he's up there. Um, and I'm kind of shocked that his odds are so high. Uh, it says he is sixty to one. It's got to be because he's he plays good West Coast golf. I mean that's yeah. I think that's probably what they're taking into account. And he's he's played fairly. I mean, he played well at the Masters not too long ago. Um best mullet in golf. And best hair in general. He's he's talked about it. His wife doesn't like it. But <laughs> he was wasn't he he was like he was gonna cut it after he won or something and then but it became like a brand. A brand and his buddies <laughs> convinced him. Like the other yeah. tour players were like, Bro, don't do not cut yeah, it. So after New Orleans yeah, so like I think he was he was like not gonna cut it until he won. And then he won at New Orleans at the Zurich Classic, but like he becomes so known for yes. it that he just said, I gotta keep it. He even had a cause he has shaped it up on the sides just so it's a and he didn't even go to a barber to do that. He had one. It was either a fellow tour player or his caddy shaped him up at the hotel because he was like, hey, man. So he he literally said, I went to like a local pharmacy. I bought some clippers and had him shape it up. And when I bought them, like everybody was upset that I was going to cut it, like just shave my head. It's like, oh, man, I got to I got to shape it up. I got to shape up the side so yes. I can make it flow better. His profile pick on the PGA Tour dot <laughs> com is preposterous. It's absolutely hilarious. He's got you just see the little. The curly locks hanging down, but it's like buzzed on the side. It's He's, great. He has cut it since. If you want to see another good pick besides him, is go to Charlie Hoffman's pick, who's in the field. Um, this was 
this was when he was still had his mullet. Yeah. And apparently he just took his hat off and told him to take the photo because also the hair up top is going everywhere. It looks like somebody's taking a hair, like a blower, not even a hair dryer, a <laughs> blower, and he's just blowing his hair, and somebody snapped a picture of him. He looks completely high and drunk at the same time. Charlie like Hoffman's a cool dude. Yes, I feel he like is. he'd be fun to hang out with. But he's cut his hair and he ain't have his mullet anymore. He lost he his mojo. Cut it up. Yeah, he lost his mojo. He looks way too professional. When he was like surfer bro yes surfer bro golfer i, I was a huge charlie hoffman fan now he just looks like a dad bod he looks like he looks like an analyst that's out there playing <laughs> is what he does exactly that's what he's maybe that's what he's pitching for but yeah that I, I told you one of my favorite cameron smith stories because he is a people don't realize if you've ever seen interviews with him or you've um just seen them in general like not not professional interviews like stuff caught on a hot mic or something that age, he is an australian redneck He's <laughs> yeah. really big into fishing. Uh, he didn't make the cut at a tournament, and they were making fun of because Davis Love also didn't make the cut at the same tournament. And Love was out there, and he had on like his professional Columbia fishing shirt, yeah. like long sleeve, I like out of a magazine, like with yeah, he looked like out of Field and Stream magazine, yeah. like he had his basket on the side. And this is Saturday or Saturday or Sunday, like yes, during, during Saturday. the tournament, they it's, didn't make the cut, but they're still hanging out. They're hanging out. So then they cut to Cameron Smith, who's on one of the docks fishing. He's not like in the water like Love is. He's he's basically made his way over the dock. He's in like cut off. It weren't jean shorts. That would have made it so much better. But he's in like cut off khaki pants that have he's made in. Yeah, he's made it because you can see the the frizziness around around the legs. He's in cut off khaki shorts, like a tank top, like an Australian flag tank top, like a, like we would wear an American flag tank top on Fourth of July. He's in Australia <laughs> with his hat backwards, his mullet down, yeah. and he's out there fishing. No basket, no nothing. He's just fishing. Looks like he drove there from the dirt road. He looks like one of the locals <laughs> that didn't have any interest in golf whatsoever that was out there just fishing. And because at first they panned and they saw it, and then they cut back and they said, "I believe that's Cameron Smith." And then yeah. they zoomed in. They were like. It oh my gosh! Him. It is him. I, it's, that's so hilarious that both of those dudes are just hanging out fishing after they missed the cut. I'd be so mad. I just want to get out of there. But they're, <laughs> I guess, they're so established. It's just like let's just enjoy the week. Oh yeah, Davis Love. He's just he's he's in tournaments now because of basically lifetime exemptions, and so he's there to have fun and right. and, and get his sponsorship dollars. So uh, I'm sure once he's he was that way when I saw him in a practice round a couple of years ago at the Masters. He's completely different than when I saw him play. Um, at the Atlanta Athletic Club back in early 2000s um, when they used to have the AT&T there um, before they, they moved it out west. Uh, he was not fun to be around. He was total serious yeah. and didn't visit a lot. At the Masters, he was joking with everybody. He's a dad bod now. Yeah, he's a dad bod now. He's realized through the years that it's time to loosen up. I mean, it's, I love to see him like that. Tiger's getting that way, not yeah. during competition, but – um, if he's out of the tournament, he is. You know that whole him making fun of Kevin Nile in seventeen. You know, down he'll players. do it in tournaments. There was a there was one recently where, or it may have been like when he first started kind of coming back, mm-hmm. where he outdrove Justin Thomas. Yes, and he walks up and he kind of looks at Justin Thomas's ball and he's like, "Oh, that's not mine," you know, joking, <laughs> and then walks past him. So he's he he's definitely becoming much I, more laid back. I, I love the fact that he's taken some of these younger guys under his wing. Yes. Um, as you heard uh, Mike, when we visited him say before, though, he still is very selective in the advice that he gives because yeah. he doesn't want to give away any secrets. Can't get the secrets out. Uh, he won't give secrets on a course whatsoever. No. 
Um, even JT has admitted that when he plays practice rounds with him, he doesn't ask him any questions because Tiger has literally told him to shut up. He's not answering. <laughs> um, so JT has said, like, he'll go up and he'll he'll putt or he'll hit a bunker, and then he just watches how Tiger prowls around the, the green, yeah. see what he does, and he's like – and he takes he takes mental notes. Tiger's also told him, quit writing stuff down. So he has to take mental notes because he's not able to write – he didn't let him write stuff down. Yeah, that's uh, weird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're friends. Like, yeah. don't, don't do that. That's kind of weird. But if Tiger's not giving me any info, he's got to do something. Yeah, I guess Because right. he's – Justin said – he says, man, I've done everything. I mean, we go and we have dinner and I'll bring something up. And he's like, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. We're not discussing that. Like, he, he won't give away his secrets, but – there's a reason he was number one in the in the world for quite a while. For sure, for sure. So we have Torrey Pines, which is probably the the ultimate mm-hmm. public course in America, hosting the U.S. Open. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of go back and talk about our the, one of the most ones that we enjoyed the most recently, and kind of talk about what all happened and this, that, and the other. Mine was last year because you've seen seen Payne when he won. Um, at Pinehurst on number two, uh, we beat Phil and, and you know, gave Phil the big hug and they got the statue out and, and at Pinehurst. Um, and, and, you know, the other other tournaments have taken place at Pinehurst. And, and I got a chance to play it last year. And so looking back, and I was shocked at how much they celebrate winners there because when you walk through the hallways, it's got all the win. I mean, you, you know you got the pain Stewart. But one that I'd forgotten about, and I remember it, because at this time, I was really pulling for Tiger. This was early 2000s. This was 05. Yeah. Um, Tiger had won in 2000. He'd won again in 02. And he was in the mix here because he ended up finishing second. Uh, uh, Campbell beat him by two shots. Um, Michael, your, this was 2000. 2005. 2005. Michael, Michael Campbell won at Pinehurst. And after watching, you know, Payne beat Phil and then watching Michael Campbell beat Tiger – and then playing Pine, I had an all all new respect for that course. Yeah, I mean the greens. When they say turtleback greens, uh, yes, I saw many people like putt off the green when we were when we were playing. Yeah, and, and they didn't even. This wasn't tournament conditions that they had us at, and so I couldn't imagine it being faster than what. Like when the caddy told us that, yeah, they're playing a little slow today, and like you tap it and it goes twenty feet. <laughs> and you have any, I mean, what does fast mean? Yeah. I was like, how much faster can it get? Yeah. And because there were times where you hit a great shot and the green wouldn't hold it. And I'm sitting there thinking, and U S open conditions are worse than this. Now the rough, the rough was fine. The rough is nothing but sand. And I mean, if you got behind one of those little bushes, that's in the sand. Like I could see where players could still score. Well, you know, especially pro golfers, if you got a decent line, in the rough, cause it's not, it's not a course that you're going to have quote unquote U S open rough. Just because it's nothing but sand, right? And um, I mean, you got those little—I don't know what kind of bushes they are. So if a ball gets behind there, you got to go sideways because you can't go forward, right? Um, but that was probably one of my favorite because I was watching it to watch Tiger, and sure. this guy that you never heard of won. And then I told you it was like the year 2005 was like the year of Michael Campbell, and he completely has gone away and never been back. <laughs> uh, because that year he won like the World Golf Classic as well, which at that time the largest purse in golf, which was over a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, now it seems like every weekend it's a million dollar purse. But in 05, that was the only tournament that was over a million dollars. And yeah. so he won that and the U.S. Open in the same year. Uh, and after that, you never heard of him. And I didn't realize I had to, I had to look him up. I forgot. I wanted to see what he was doing now because I thought he was old enough to play on the senior tour. He is fifty-two, 
But yeah. I don't know if he's out of golf or he's had some medical issues or what. So he's old enough to play. Maybe he's maybe he's taking his money and run, man, because yeah. he got picked up after that. After he won, he got picked up by Callaway and he started, you know, doing his endorsement deal. So maybe he's had enough money to move back to New Zealand and live the quiet life. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. So that, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite, and that was the reason it was my favorite because I played that course. That that brings a whole new. So you can relate to them. Yeah. You can relate to. When you watch film or you watch an old, like a, a, when they do a review of U.S. Open winners like they've been doing and they start showing shots from courses like, yes. I was there. Like I, I hit I, from that tee box. Yeah, I hit from there. You know, I, I, I know what this putt does. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one that sticks out in my mind at Pinehurst is number one, it's like if the pin is not in the center of the green, you're probably going to putt it off the green. <laughs> yeah. And if the, you're above it, you're, you're done. Even the caddy said, the caddy said that pin is going to stay probably within like a 15, foot circle at all times yeah. because anywhere on the edges is just completely falling off. And so it, you know, the good news is, is when you barely miss the green, it's so tight. Like you always saw I kind of put it. You got to put it. Cause yeah. you saw these, you saw these pros when they play at Pinehurst and they're putting from off the green and you're thinking they're so good with their wedge game and they can, and they can put spin on the ball. Like, why are they doing that? Well, it's because it's so tight. So tight. Yeah. That they, it it's a, it's basically our regular greens that we're used to playing. And that's what the fringe is. So, um, so yeah, Pioneer's probably sticks out. 05, uh, Michael Campbell beating Tiger. I was I was watching to see Tiger win, and you get to see a quote unquote. I, he's not really no name because he had won before that too, but still a quote unquote no name win. Sure, beat Tiger Woods in his prime, yeah, which is unheard of um, at a course that I then got to play later in life. So it was awesome. I kind of had that same experience with uh, Kiwa Island. I played I played the Ocean Course yes. two years ago. And watching the PGA there, that was that kind of like it's cool about that's one thing that's cool about golf is like you you a lot of times have access to the same places that they play these events. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that in football or baseball. You can't go play in a collegiate stadium of your favorite team or this that, and the other. But these yeah, golf you courses you, you don't can, play a pickup game in Madison Square Gardens. No, like no, they're not gonna uh, let you do that. No, absolutely not. And your YMCA, local YMCA or yeah, men's club or whatever is not going to have anything on Madison Square Garden. So my so admittedly, before I got out of college, I pretty much only watched golf for Tiger Woods. So if Tiger Woods was contending, I would watch. And then, you know, after I got out of college and I started playing more and appreciating the game more, um, I get I get to where I'll watch all weekend now, yeah. especially majors. It's kind of tough with kids, but the one of the ones it's made it easier though. Golf Channel now they'll play the replay yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah. They used to and never go do fast. That. Yes, like <laughs> yeah. they 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 made it so much easier. At, they're helping grow the game by doing. That. I'm glad they do that because yeah. they used not to do that. The only time you could watch if you miss something because you couldn't watch online. If you miss something, you may catch it on the PGA Tour Classics that Classic. they may have. So um, so they are making it easier for us. So I thought. A, a tournament recently in 2015 when they played at Chambers Bay, there was a lot of stuff that went on, and it was a lot of it was a great tournament. It came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. DJ, I think three putted 18. Yes, to go to a playoff. Yes, Jordan got on a putting just absolute from everywhere. From just got in fuego putting, just hit it from everywhere. Um, some couple of things that happened. I don't know if you remember this. So John Daly. Early in the, you know, he's he's played the first two rounds. There's a par, I think it's the par three, 10 or 11. It's right on the water. Mm-hmm. And he hits like two or three in the water and just throws his club out into the bay. <laughs> I 
that, that. <laughs> look it up. He's wearing like the most preposterous outfit. Oh, no it's like doubt. bright orange shirt with his loud mouth pants. And he hits, he hits, I think it, he really hit two in the water and then like pulled one way left and just literally threw his, threw his club out into the water. I do remember that now. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. As he was like leaving the, the tee box, he yeah. threw his club in the water. Yep. I do remember that now. And then another thing was Jason Day was playing really well. Mm-hmm. And he gets vertigo. Yes. Like he would just fall out. Yes. He couldn't, he, he would do things where like he couldn't, um, he couldn't put his tee, his ball in the tee. Right. Because if he goes down and comes back up, he's like. Yeah, he couldn't play, he couldn't bend over and get his ball out of the cup. Couldn't get out of the cup. He couldn't do anything where he would like have to bend down and come back up. And then like going down hills, he would just like fall out. It was it was insane. It was hard to watch. It was I insane. remember that when that first started happening from that coverage, because the announcers didn't know he had vertigo at the time. They knew yeah. he had issues with it, but there was at one point in time the cameras cut to him and he was laying on the ground. Yeah. And just trying to gather himself. Gather himself. And the announcers were like, What happened? Because at what that time the on? trainer had not made it out yet. Did he get hit by or something? I think they there was one point they thought he may have got hit by a ball. They or had something. no idea. And then the trainer shows up and starts talking to him. They're like Y'all, we don't. We'll keep you posted. We don't know because he wasn't like one of the featured groups. So and he's had back issues. Could it be exactly. his back? Um, and you didn't have like a Dottie following him or or a Colt Nose now follow him or or Faraday at the time. He wasn't following. Like he wasn't a featured group. So they didn't have anybody. They didn't have boots on the ground to be able to tell you what was going on. Yeah. And and I've had vertigo before. Like I had an ear infection once, and I got vertigo from it, and it's miserable. Like, I've only had it one time. I can't imagine playing in the u.s open with vertigo like it'd be it's hard to it's hard to walk yeah and uh so that was that you know that storyline was awesome and then jordan spieth was going that was his like peak year where he started he just mm-hmm. kind of went off and they thought we thought he might could win the grand slam um i think he won the he won the masters he won the u.s open and then this is when they played the pga last then mm-hmm. he went to the he went to the uh, open and they were playing at St. Andrews. And mm-hmm. I think he lost by, or he came in second by mm-hmm. like a shot. Like he had to birdie the last hole to go. Like he was just on a freaking tear. But the USO, that, that stands out to me. You know, that was the first time I've really heard the chatter about the USGA really. Yes. Mm-hmm. T- basically tearing up a golf course. A mm-hmm. lot of complaints about that. Um, so I've kind of fought. That's, that kind of got me to where I paid more attention to what they do to courses and things like that. Uh, they burnt that one up really bad, and I've seen pictures of it recently. Chambers Bay is also, I believe, a public, a yeah. public facility. Yeah, every, every U.S. Open has to be a, so, has to be open to the public. So, um, yeah, so that one, that's the one that just kind of jumps out at me. Yeah, it looked like as, a that year. It almost looked like a British Open course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had burn it. They had they almost lost the greens, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, just because they wanted to harden them up and they weren't letting them water them, and it just was. It did not it. It was an ugly tournament to watch. It was. Um, it, you know, Dustin, of course, the redemption story is he came back the next year in 16 and won the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, but he blew it. Uh, granted, give Jordan credit, he was on a tear. Yeah. And as you said, he was making bombs from 30, 40, 50 feet, making from off the green because that was another one. They cut it tight around the green, so there were a few putts he made from off the green uh, that he ran in for 20, 30 feet off the green. Um, but DJ, I'll never forget that putt he missed. For some reason, it was almost like he not he's nonchalant as it is. DJ is, but he he missed. They they'd made a big deal out of it. They were like, all he's got to do is two putt here. Yeah, and he ran it by three or four feet. 
Yeah. And it still was a very simple putt oh, yeah, coming it was, back. It was ma- very makeable. And it would back uphill. There was no break, and he yanked it. He, he either yanked it. I can't remember if he yanked it or pushed it. It was a it straight didn't touch, putt, though. If I'm not mistaken, I don't. He didn't don't, touch the hole. He didn't touch the hole. No, he missed. The, he missed the entire hole. He didn't come yeah. close. And he said, he said it was not a misread. He said I I hit a poor putt. Yeah. And uh, so it ended up costing him. And so uh, Jordan walks away the winner. It that was in that time too. That 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 14, 15, 16, 17. Jordan was on fire yeah. every tournament. I mean, he was the he was the he was the dude. Right? He was the kid. And he's, he was, and he's coming back. He was the guy that was he was gonna he was gonna you know as young as he was at that time he was gonna catch Tiger. Yeah, we all thought he would. I really wish people would quit making that comparison. Seriously, I mean they they so didn't can, they didn't do it with Jack because nobody was comparable to, to, yeah. to, to Jack. And then when Tiger started winning in the early late nineties, early two thousands, you know, then they come out and they're like, well, this guy's got a chance, and. You know, we had this discussion. Zach had asked me the other day. We were talking about Ricky. He was asking about Ricky. His mom's favorite golfer is Ricky, and he was saying, "So he didn't make it." And I said, "No, he won't be playing." He's like, "What's going on?" I said, "Man, he got married." <laughs> I said, "And I, I know that sounds terrible, but like the guys that have kids and the guys that get married, yeah, like they go from practicing twelve, fifteen hours a day, between training and weights and stretching and on course management and stuff like that." Now they got to be a husband and a father. Yeah, so it's tough. That goes to four hours a day. That will bump your handicap up right there. It, yeah, every kid's worth at least two shots, and so maybe more. When when they, you know, when they talk about like at that time, Justin, you know, being so hot, and I'm like, just give it time. He's yeah. he gonna meet somebody. He's gonna go from <laughs> from because at that age when they leave college, or if they even go to one year of college and start playing mini tours, they got nothing but time. Laser focused. Yes. They got nothing, and they got every trainer in the world wanting to help because they see them as a future. So they're not even, I mean, they're doing it for free. These right. trainers are. And so they're working eight, nine, 10, 12 hours a day on their game. And at some point, you got to have a real life. Right. And then they meet somebody or they decide, hey, it's time to take a vacation. And that, I mean, you hear the players all, all the time, they get burnt out. Like they'll say, say, hey, man, what have you, what have you done in your time off? Fishing. Yeah, put the not clubs golf. in there. Yeah, I did not. I didn't. I didn't swing a club. <laughs> didn't pick up a club. And people go, "What?" And you go, yeah, I. I was doing. Was doing the dad thing. I was doing the husband thing. I was not doing the golf thing. No. So, uh, it's yeah, that's a good one. Jordan Spieth, uh, and and my number two would probably be the bounce back. Yeah, you know, I talked about Campbell and Piner since I played it, but would be uh, DJ getting redemption the following year. Sure. And and able to to walk away a winner um, at the at the 16 U.S. Open. But this weekend's going to be great. Uh, when you're hearing this, it'll be. Uh, they'll probably be teeing off, mm-hmm. uh, start their start their uh, start their rounds, and uh, looking forward to some fun storylines, some stuff to come out of the weekend. Y'all send us any clips, anything that that you see that that'll be fun to talk about. Um, we're both going to be rooting hard for Michael Johnson, who joined us last episode, yes. uh, his first major, and um, we just uh, our number one goal is he makes a cut. Yes, our number two goal is he finishes top twenty five. Yeah. Our number three goal is he's in there in that top five making a run at it at the end. Oh, man. We'll be going nuts. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's already told us. he. You heard it on the pod that we ran on Tuesday. He He's already said he's not going to forget us. He wants to make an appointment to do a recap at oh, some yeah. point. I don't know if we'll get that right <laughs> away like the following Tuesday, uh, but hopefully we can get a recap from him and he can talk about his experience at the Open. Yeah. And hopefully he's full of stories uh, such as, number one, making the cut, number two, maybe jumping up there in the top 25. Uh, which would secure him to some other 
you know, some other events that he'd be able to stay on tour and maybe make a little money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So remember to go rate and, uh, rate and leave reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll, if they're the, the funnier, the better, we'll, we'll read them on, read them on air Mm -hmm. and, uh, Y'all just have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the open, play some golf, and then uh, tweet us about it. Follow us on Twitter, Dad by Golf Pod. We're also on Insta, Dad by Golf Pod. We're on TikTok, Dad by Golf Pod. It's pretty easy to find us. Yeah, very easy. Dad by Golf Pod. Always stroking. You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.